That waitress sized us up in two seconds. We're black and black people don't tip. So she wasn't gonna waste her time? Now somebody like that, nothing you could do to change their mind. So, uh, how much did you leave? You expect me to pay for that kind of service? <laughs> what? What the fuck is you laughing at, man? Okay, I'm going to attempt to drown myself. You can try this at home. You can be just like me. Mic check, one, two. We record? I'm cancerous, so when I did, she wouldn't want to answer this. If you responded back with a battle rap, you wrote for cannabis. I strangle you to death, and I choke you again. And break your fucking legs till your bones poke through your skin. You beef with me, I'ma even a score equally. Take you on Jerry Springer and beat your ass legally. I get you blunted off a funny homegrown. Cause when I smoke out, I hit the trees harder than Sonny Bono. Oh, no! So if I said I never did drugs, that would mean I lie and get fucked more than the president does. Hillary Clinton tried to slap me and call me a pervert. I ripped her fucking tonsils out and fed her sherbet. My nerves hurt, and lately I'm on edge. Grab vanilla ice and ripped out his blonde red. Every girl I ever went out with is gone dead. Follow me and do exactly what the song says. Smoke weed, take pills, drop out of school. Kill people and drink, jump behind the wheel like it was still legal. I'm dumb enough to walk in a store and steal. So I'm dumb enough to ask for a date with Lauren. I'm mythological niggas is comical. The astronomical is coming through like the flu bombing you. I'm embalming your crew too. With the musical, mystical, magical, you know how I do. With word attack skills and vocabulary too. My rendition of this edition is all brand new. You're through. I'm in the planetarium like Doctor Who. Who? 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 Yo, it's the Black Guy Tips podcast uh, with your host Rodimus Prime and Karen. And don't forget, uh, we also have my brother in the house, the other Rod. Say what's up to the good folks. What happened, man? <laughs> um, so it's episode 56. Ooh. Yeah, we got 56 of these things. Hey, am, I, am I the most tenured guest? No, Damn. not even close. Yeah, man. no. Will, by just, far. You're just saying that to get me back on here, man. No, Will, Will is killing <laughs> the people, it. The people, the listeners know. People want Will to be the third <laughs> co-host. Oh, they actually called in and said that. But hey, but here's the thing. Damn Will's, you, Will. Will's wife is pregnant, right? So he can and be the house. He's on house. house arrest right now. He can't you gotta get out of the house, man. Y'all can, I, I think y'all can. Uh, Somebody can catch up I on I think y'all can catch up while, he, while they're waiting on the baby to be born. Hey, man, I ain't gonna have no babies no time soon. So. Yeah, so you might be able to slide one in, slide a couple shows in. Damn. Um, Alright, man, don't forget to leave comments on the podcast. You can find us at Podomatic. Or on iTunes, and you can join our Facebook group where you can play the podcast from there. All you have to do is search for what, Karen? The Black Guy Who Tips. Yep. You just search for that everywhere. You go to Google and search for it. We, we will be around. Yeah, it's really easy on Google. I've tried several times. We like one of the first things to pop up. Yeah, so, well, actually, we should be the first thing to pop really up. Should be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any other combination of. I mean, like, uh, who, how many black guys are there tip? Yeah, seriously. I don't know. Yeah. Other than that, you start getting images of black people to tip. That's mm-hmm. all. Just, yeah. just don't click on the images. Click on our podcast, people. Um, so you can leave us a comment when you're on there. Um, also, you can go to the blog, theblackguytips.blogspot.com, and you can leave us a donation if you want to help and contribute to the podcast. Uh, because it does help us to buy the bandwidth to be able to uh, send this show out so you can download it at your discretion. Go back and download as many episodes as you want uh, without us having to go back and delete too many of them. Yeah. Um, so we want to make the show available to you. So, yes, 
every little dollar, every cent helps get this podcast out to you. Um, and also, uh, last week I was on Ed the Sports Fan, mm-hmm. um, his his show called Unsportsmanlike Conduct on Block Talk Radio. You can download that on iTunes also, um, and I had a good time, so uh, I just wanted to give them one more shout out. Um, and speaking of the radio, mm-hmm. when you're on the radio, you can call in, right? You can call the radio. Okay. Well, you can also call us. Did you know that? Yes, you can. Yeah, you can call, call us. us at your discretion, but as I said before, there is a disclaimer. We do not pick up the phone, people. Yeah, not live, but you can call us and leave a voicemail, and we had a lot of voicemails last week. Yes, we did. It took us like 20 minutes to get through the voicemail. Wow. Yeah, so um, I actually, no, nah, most of that was us talking, but um, I actually have another voicemail this week that I wanted to play um, from my man, Larian. So, uh, let me go ahead and play that. He's the host of Yeah Right Radio. Okay. And I've called into there before, and I actually called in there today and talked about relationships with him a little bit. Uh-huh. And, uh, we had a good conversation, but let's see what message he left. Hey, what's happening, man? It's Larry. Um, just calling in once again. I usually wait to Mondays to listen to the, to the podcast, because it helped me get through my first three hours, but I'm bored shit, so I said, fuck it, I'm listening. Um, but, like... I listened and I heard home what Justin was like, yo, the, the voice of too long. Shout out to Freddie Masters, you know, we cool people too. But yeah, I noticed that too. Um, everybody that is listening to this, this podcast that just is going to play on, shut the fuck up. Take your goddamn point and get off. Look, I don't hear y'all talk 20 minutes. I don't have two voicemails that's been shorter than like y'all one voicemail. It is ridiculous. You ain't got no show. You didn't get a show, you didn't start no show. You must not want no show because I got a show and it wasn't hard to do. So, uh, anyway, yeah, if y'all listening now, this is the longest voice I'll probably ever leave. And, and this shit too long. So, hurry up, get on, make fun point, get on about your day. People love it. Peace, Larry. Um, thank you for the call and for the voicemail. You gotta, you gotta leave another voicemail. I like that dude. Yeah, he is funny, man. Yes, and, uh, like I said, he has his own show on Yeah Right Radio. Is the name of the uh, show. It's on Blog Talk Radio, and uh, you can also download that as a podcast. Um, and follow him on Twitter. He's at Larian, L-A-R-I-O-N. Um, anyway, man. So. Uh, yeah, some of the voicemails are long-winded. I don't mind. I don't either. Now, this is our show, so, you know, not to p- drop the hammer on anybody, but, hey, man, leave a message as long as you want. It's, a, it's to our discretion to play it. We try to play what we can. But, yeah, if you ramble, if you go on for a couple minutes. Yeah, we will edit. You might get you might get lit up, you know. We might make some jokes about you. And maybe another caller might call in like Larian did and leave a couple jokes about you. Yeah. Freddie Mac, you still cool with me. I enjoyed the voicemail. <laughs> it was a little long-winded. But, hey, I'm long-winded. We couldn't do this podcast if we just tried to keep it short and simple, right? So, anyway, man, appreciate the call, Larian. We do. It was hilarious. Um, the unofficial sport of the podcast is... Bullet Ball. That's right. And Bullet Ball Extreme. Mm-hmm. And the official weapon of the podcast is... The Taser. And we seen a good Taser on the Bojangles commercial last night. Yeah, Bojangles, <laughs> Bojangles got a new commercial oh. with these cops that are arresting people. And then all of a sudden they're like, it's Bo time. And whenever it's Bo time, I guess that means you got to you know get the Bojangles, get you some chicken. And so the cops, uh, who was driving the car? Was it the cops the, or the girl? The cops was driving the car. Like, this dude was committing a crime, and the police was pulling up on him, and they was going to arrest him. He had, like, a stocking cap on his head and stuff. 
And so they was like, oh, it's boat time. So they had him in the back seat, and everybody starts driving, you know, going over the cliff. Everybody's smiling because it's boat time. And then out of nowhere, a mom jumps on the hood of the car and throws the cross smiling. I don't know what he had to do with the commercial, <laughs> but it was hilarious. And then when they walk into Bojangles, it's the crook in front of them and the cops. Then all of a sudden, the cop, like, takes the taser and hits the dude inside the neck, and he falls out. Yeah, that was funny, man. Yes, classic um, tasering. Yeah, I missed the Jake DeLong Bojangles commercial. Ah, that's the best one they ever could have did. Jake yeah. DeLong with Steve Smith? Yes. Yeah. Where they were doing Dukes of Hazard? Uh-huh. No, it uh-huh. used to. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was like Dukes of Hazard and they was going to get uh-huh. chicken. That's one of the best ones they've ever did. Yeah, I miss old Jake. Mm-hmm. So do the Pastors of Perry. Yeah, yeah, they do. They miss Jake <laughs> terribly. <laughs> I can't believe they look worse than preseason. Because Matt Moore is, Jake DeLong. Yeah, that's Matt not, Moore is not the answer. Jake DeLong. Jake's up, but Matt Moore is not the answer. Jake, Lo- Jake DeLong looked competent and clean. Cleveland. That's that's one of the most unpredictable yeah, he gonna things. He's going to be the man in Cleveland, man. Because I don't disagree with what the Panthers did. They had to let Jake That's up. right. But it's amazing that he just popped back up, not struggling at all. And then you look at, at the Panthers and you're like, come on, dog. What are y'all yeah, doing? I'm Matt Moore actually played really well last year. Yeah. He actually did. So I hope he's the answer. Shit. If not, then Jimmy Cox about to get some burn. Yeah, he is. Ah. Uh-huh. All right, man. So uh-huh. don't forget you can post our podcast on your Facebook page. Just click the link um, either on our Facebook group and hit share, or you can go to the actual podcast and copy and paste the uh, address into your uh, status on Facebook, and you can actually share it and people can play it on Facebook straight from your uh, your, your status update. So um, I was thinking about video games mm-hmm. and regular life. Okay. Y'all ever noticed that like in video games, you can like go in somebody's house and just search through their shit and keep whatever you find. Uh-huh. And it's not a crime or nothing. Nope. Mm-hmm. Like, Link could just go in there and, like, somebody's like, hey, Link, uh-huh. I got, I'm helping you out. Here's a uh, here's a letter. You know, you need this to get to the next level. And then you just, like, ruffle through all their chests and drawers and shit, keep uh-huh. money. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Taking their dirty drawers out. <laughs> like, if uh-huh. life was like that, dude, that would be called a felony theft. Oh, yeah. You would get your ass shot for doing that, man. <laughs> like, I do that all the time. Breaking and entering. I'm playing Assassin's Creed uh, right now, and I just like walk into people's crib, find treasure, just jump out, and it's okay. Like I can go talk to them later, and they, they say don't blow the whistle, call the police, nothing. No. Wow. And the other thing is, who programs the guard? Like I hope real security guards aren't like video game security. Well, no, I hope not either. They're terrible. They're terrible. They forget about your ass like two seconds after you leave. Like all you gotta do is go around the corner, and they're like. Well, I guess I don't need to check on that anymore. Yeah. They <laughs> get outside their range. Have they have their back turned to you for like 30 seconds? Yeah, they can get all <laughs> and they the reset. <laughs> like that, it doesn't trigger them again. Like, wait a minute, this is the fourth time this dude tried to climb in the window. <laughs> I should probably do so. <laughs> I should probably call help. Things are about to go bad. It's about to go down. Yes. Um, and then the other thing I was thinking about, you know, remember Resident Evil? Did y'all ever play Resident Evil? Yeah, yeah. I watched you yeah. play. Yeah. Hey man, what if people don't really leave this many diaries around anywhere? I know, right? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you would you would find shit in Resident Evil. Uh diary is like nineteen ninety, man. Yeah, dude, <laughs> like if they would leave like very detailed diaries of shit like today I got bit by one of the experiments. <laughs> Actually no. The first diary will always be something like, just got hired at an umbrella. Everything's going well. 
that we're doing some questionable experiments, but I'm still having a good time. <laughs> and then the second would be like, questionable experiments. Dr. Jones is going kind of crazy. He's a slave driver. Today, one of the lab assistants got bit by got bit by one of the uh, one of the subjects. And nobody panicked. Yeah, I mean, who writes we that have, shit down? Man? Right, I'm writing this shit down. This is shit that definitely is whistleblower type material at the very least. Yes. Right. All right, so um, why are these companies even still open? So like they're saying like uh, so one of the employees got bit, but they took him from the lab, and I haven't seen uh, you know, the, my fellow scientists in three weeks. Wow. Then like the third one will be like. Uh oh, I got bit today. Yeah. But I think I'm gonna be okay. I was able to hide it from everybody, but I I I'm feeling kind of tired. I've been coughing a lot, and I'm starting to <laughs> I'm starting to uh, feel loose sensation in my arms. <laughs> Who running this? The FDA? <laughs> yeah. And then, then the last the last entry would just be something like brains or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like who? What the I fuck, just man? attacked my neighbor. Like what kind of what kind of policy company hiring policies is Resident Evil people have, man? Terrible. Umbrella Court must just be hiring whoever the fuck got a, some type of degree. <laughs> they don't got lawsuits in the games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, alright. No so, workman comp. Um, so I was thinking today, am I gay? Right. I know you probably wondered that before, Karen. Ah. So I, I printed out this. This nice little quiz from Christwire.com that says, is my husband gay? No, he is not. <laughs> so you already think no. Well, let's see. No. There's 14 questions. Let's see how I do. If you are, I will be totally shocked and surprised. That makes two of us. But <laughs> oh, we, thank you very much. We don't know till we answer these questions. Okay. So you're using this podcast as a platform? I might be coming out of the closet depending on these 14 questions. I don't know. I don't know. Y'all don't know. I don't know, right? I haven't yeah, put an extra little, little S <laughs> in your speech. See, I think that's from the, I think that's from the Somnia juice that I'm drinking. In For those out there that, that want to know what Somnia juice is, it's Malibu and orange juice and ice. I drink it sometimes when I'm having a hard time going to sleep. So instead of insomnia, Somnia juice. You know what I'm saying? Somnia. Go to sleep. Somnia. <laughs> Easy on the stomach. It ain't like a lot of the hard liquor that children y'all niggas drink. You know what I'm saying? It's something that go down smooth. Next thing you know, night night. It's a real, it's a real player shit, y'all need. Yeah, to y'all need to get on this player shit. You dig? You dig what I'm saying? That's some fuck that scissor. Nigga. Yeah, because if you ain't drinking, nigga. you ain't drinking no somnia juice, then you can't get loose. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Dig a hole in my pocket, I pull out a socket. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Green is for the money, girl. It's for the honey. That's cold, player. That's cold. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, some, I, let me just pause and say that this is from... Um, the uh, Speaking of pause. But let me just pause and say that this is from um, a podcast that Karen and I listened to. It was called Who Are Those Guys? And it has some pimp. It's a pimp podcast. Yes. About pimping. Yes. About straight pimping and hoeing. Yes, y'all. So. It was sick. It was sick. Oh, man. hilarious. I have not had that much game dropped on me in a long time. Oh, and he's doing They were rhyming and stuff. It was hilarious. Oh, what's the name of this podcast again? Who are those guys? Man, I'm about to look this shit up. Yes. Right please now. do, man. Dude, man, they was just straight Who up. Are those guys? Yes, they were just straight up dropping pimp knowledge, man. Mm. And they had this one dude on there named Good Game, and the other one named Donnell, the Shot Town player. <laughs> and both of these dudes are um, pick friends of this guy that calls this radio show that uh, that I listen to called The Morning Jones. Mm. And it was so funny listening to them talk, man. They was vulgar, 
funny, witty, entertaining, just everything, man. Yes. But I, I laugh so hard, man. Pimps uh, are some of the funniest motherfuckers on the planet, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, man. And they make everything rhyme. That's why I like pimps. It's like, if it rhyme, I believe it. And they know it. <laughs> they know that. <laughs> it's like, ain't nothing wrong with trying to get some change. You might have to do something a little strange. You dig what I'm saying? You dig what I'm saying? That's cold. Yeah, you're right, man. <laughs> Solid. That's cold. Um, all right, man. So, am I gay? Is your hus- is my husband gay? All right, Cam, you answer this. Okay. Secretive late night use of cell phones and computers. Okay. Porn addiction is closely associated with homosexuality, and the secretive nature implies that he's trying to hide something from you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no secrets about none of that going on. Well, that is true. I do not keep it secret. I love me some porn. Yeah. And I am often late night using my iPhone and my computer. <laughs> Even if it's not for porn, I still do use them. So I'm going to have to check you. No, because it's not secret, right? That's right. All right, I'm putting no next to this one. All right. Number two. Looks at other men in a flirtatious way. When you're out in public, does he spend too much time looking at other men? Mm, hold, on, hold on, hold on one second. Hey, Rod, how you doing? Oh, why are you looking at me like that? How you doing? Alright, go ahead, Karen. I'm sorry. How you doing? I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, what would you say? Uh, look, do I look at other men in a flirtatious way? Women, not men. Yeah, I do look at a lot of women in a flirtatious way. So I'm going to say no to this one. But I don't know that that's good. I... I mean, well, I look at women, but it's not in a flirtatious way. Like, I would never flirt with another woman in public. No, I mean, but... Only on Twitter. And my thing is this. Let's keep it real. If you got big butt and big breasts, everybody gonna notice them. It's not like you can hide it. Yeah, I feel you on that. <laughs> Feigning attention in church and prayer groups. Have you noticed a lack of interest in spiritual issues? Mm, by that. That's a good one. So I'm saying, like, gay, I don't want to say gay guys are spiritual. <laughs> one, I don't, first of all, I think this point is wrong. It's kind of a subliminal. I have seen the choir director at most of y'all churches. Uh, first of all, so let's not that dude is not feigning interest at all. He is getting it. I've seen some pretty religious gay people, is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah that too, too. That too. It's a very bad stereotype. Um, But uh, I do feign attention in church when I go because I don't really care. Um, and I never go to prayer groups, so I do have a general lack of interest in that type of spirituality. I think that question so, is irrelevant. Yeah, well, I mean, and I would say say no. Well, so I would say yes that I that I don't really care. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I would say yes, I don't care. So, so far, two no's. No, I'm not gay. One yes. Yes, I am gay. <laughs> Overly fastidious about his appearance and the home. Natural men have a certain amount of grit about them. They sweat and they smell. Homosexuals often abhor this sort of thing and will also be incredibly particular about the cleanliness of the home. Does your man tweeze his eyebrows, trim his pubic hairs, or use face moisturizers? Is he picky about a brand name of shampoo? Does he spend more time getting ready for a night out than you do? That sounds like a question is sounds like a metrosexual to me. So uh, yeah, well, metrosexual is gay, but you know, what, what was you gonna say, though, Ken? Do, does that sound like me to you? You sweat a lot, a whole lot. I know. So you don't fit in that category at all. Okay, so no to this one. Uh, or what about just the cleanliness of the house and uh, you know, uh, tweezing my eyebrows and trimming my pubic hair? Um, you trim? 
Mm-mm. Not really. You got a little bush. I mean, I put a guide on there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I put a guide on there, you know, tighten it up a little bit. But I don't, like, give it the edge up or nothing. It's not, like, baby smooth. Yeah, I wouldn't put it on, like, uh-uh. I would never put the razor on one. No, you know what shit, I'm saying? That shit is when it come back. Man. Yeah, white, and plus white boys, I heard they do that, man. Like, my, it, it make thing my look, white friends say they do. It make your thing look, look bigger. See, I'm not going to comment on that part. But, <laughs> but they say, but they said that they do, man. And one thing I did notice is I got this new, um, like I use the liquid soap, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not the, uh, yeah. not the the bar. So you use a, uh, uh, we call it a little squishy a thing. What are they? A loofah? Mm-hmm. Loofah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use a loofah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, I better check another one down for Gabe. Is, that, is that included in the survey? No, I'm gonna put not. that as a star for Gabe, just <laughs> in case. Asterisk. <laughs> I use rags. I but, use um, rags. <laughs> I use uh, I use a loofah and um. Sometimes I didn't realize this. I bought Irish Ring. I do. I use that shit too. Yo, like the Irish Ring got some shit in it where it tingles. So I, <laughs> like, I was washing my balls one day. I was like, I was like, washing them off and everything. I was like, wait, a, wait a minute, it's getting kind of warm down there. The fuck is going on? I had to look at the container again. Like, what kind of shit did I buy? I thought that shit was in there or something. Damn. Oh, all right. So, oh, number five, gym membership. But no interest in sports. Gay men use the gym as a place to socialize and have secret liaisons in bathrooms. What? <laughs> they like to work out their bodies without the competitions of sports play. Afterwards, they use the showers and steam rooms to engage in sexual activities beyond the prying eyes of women. If your man returns from the gym too exhausted to talk or have sex, that is a worrisome sign. Who the hell wrote this? Somebody's been dealing with gay men. Are you gonna answer the questions or not, Karen? <laughs> Your ass play ball and you come home tired. So what you trying to tell me? Oh, so that sounds like a yes. Cause I mean, now I now I do go there to play yeah, ball. Yeah, you do play, and I've seen and you, you play ball. Seen you play, yes. that's correct. But sometimes after I play ball, I am too tired to have sex. Yeah. But you do take it. But that's sports, natural, though. right? So this is a no, or but maybe, or yes. What, what is this? I don't know because that's that's natural, though. I mean, you work out. You. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just answering the question. Feel like you're just trying to make excuses. <laughs> yes or no? I, I say, I say no. I you say, say no. no. Okay. All right. I'll put no for that. So four no's, one yes, and an asterisk uh, for Lufa. using a loofah. Um, I better write loofah next to that asterisk. I might forget that later. Um, number six: <laughs> clothes that are too tight and too trendy. Gay men don't need <laughs> Kanye fucking this up for a lot of Gay men don't need words to communicate their availability for sex, hookups. They silently broadcast the news by showing off their lean, hard bodies and designer clothing labels. If your husband owns skinny jeans, looks at his buttocks in the mirror, or if he wears an inordinate amount number of small size t-shirts, it is probably worthwhile to pay more attention to his private activities. Oh, man. Now, I don't own any type of I was about to say, <laughs> look at my husband and his size. Ain't a damn thing tiny bottom, so that's definitely a no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... And I really can give a fuck about trends either. I don't even buy... I don't even buy, like, the Nikes that got names. You know what I'm saying? Like, if people are like, oh, them are Carmelo Anthony's, you'll never say that to me. Yeah. I could give a fuck about wearing this <laughs> nigga's name on my feet. That nigga already rich, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Melo needs more of my money. Strange sexual demands. If there's a sudden interest in sodomy, sadomasochism, lubricants, role play, sex toys, and other non-traditional intercourse methods, this is clearly an indication of deep emotional abnormality. All right, well, I got a vocabulary word there. 
Which one? Right at the side of me. What the hell is that? Sadomasochism? Yes. Um, I think that's like when, uh... like you dress up in, like, chains and whips and shit? Yeah, it's like when one person is, uh, like, dominating the other one. Like, you know, like... Don't they call it S&M or some shit? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they call it. Let me read it down. That's, that's exactly what they call it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, sadomasochism is basically like, you know, the woman might, might take on the dominant role or something like that, where it's like, uh... You know, the gimp or whatever. Yeah, like, like Pulp Fiction. Right. Like, that's Sadom Massacre. Bring out the gimp. So, um, but yeah, so do you feel like we have some strange, I have strange sexual demands? No. What about, uh, what about the Stinky Pinky? You tell the me. Sodomy? What's Stinky Pinky? Stinky Pinky? <laughs> oh, like a chick, a chick puts a, the, yo, I can't even watch that in porn. I can't, I can't even. Like, that shit. That shit is gay. No. Who are these dudes, yo? Like, who, who is this porn for? Yo, they're fucking up the straight porn game, man. Dude. I can't even watch a dude get a salad talk, man. First of all, oh, first of all. Do, porn, porn needs disclaimers like rated R movies. Yes, yeah. they do. Like, you know how the, on this, HBO. This porno contains. Yes. The Stinky Pinky. Yes. Or, uh. Toss salad. The, ta- the salad talk. Yeah, like, I need double put. I need DP. Yeah, I need we just, got I don't like surprises in my motherfucking porn. Who are the people? Is it like Shyamalan writing this porn? Uh, Who are the people uh, that keep putting a twist in a normal porn scene? Yeah. The other thing I can do, go without is these motherfuckers that describe uh, chicks with, that are supposed to be thick or whatever. And then you get the fucking porno and it's just actually it's BBW porn. Where it's like a big ass 340 pound woman. Yeah. Like, dude, <laughs> don't do that. Don't have... Yeah, it's false advertising. Yeah, yeah, first of all, you have four normal chicks or thick chicks or whatever. Then you throw this one behemoth on there. Like, that's what I would be expecting. We should be able to test drive porno. Seriously, man. They need like samplers or something. Or you get like a minute of the scene. You'd be like, no thank you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's ridiculous, dog. I don't appreciate that shit, man. False advertising in porn is ridiculous. Um, and speaking of false advertising, Babies R Us is false advertising. You cannot buy a baby at Babies R Us. That's ridiculous. No. You can go to Toys R Us. What do they got? Toys. Yes. Right? Yes. But no, Babies R Us, they, they, you go there, they just got clothes and shit. Yeah, stuff for babies. Anyway, man. So no on-screen <laughs> sexual demand. No. Um, and does it, they say sex toys. So does it matter if he's using the sex toy on you or is it like I, I guess the sex toy gets used on him? Right. Well, yeah. shouldn't they elaborate on that? That's kind of fucking important. Yeah, yeah. very important. Like, well, sometimes my husband I mean, does. You trying to figure out if you're gay or not, man? Yeah. This list, man, you just don't know, man. It needs to be you just a little, don't know. little bit more detail. Number eight. More interested in the men than the women in pornographic films. I think that's a red flag, duh. That should have been number one. <laughs> say that again. I'll, I'll put no, because only I can say that, but obviously no. Yeah. But what's funny to me is that uh, our, one of our first shows did have a dude, a couple dudes debating about the firmness of a man's penis keeping them from being able to concentrate on porn. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, they was calling they was calling out porn stars by name like, yo, Byron Long got a baby soft dick. And oh, no, like that's a, why like I can't a, watch him. Like a dude saying that? Two dudes. When you know motherfuckers by name, bro. Like, oh, no, no, I do. Like, oh, you do? Yeah, I know all porn stars by name. Damn. Men and women. Shit. Yeah, I try to, man. <laughs> Look, man, what's what I don't understand? If you're gonna spend time consuming something, you should fucking know what you're doing. It's like going to the movies and just going, I wanna see an action movie. Hey, dumbass, maybe it matters who directed it, who stars in it. 
Like, you definitely need to at least know the chicks. I don't got fooled too many times. I'll be like, yo, this sounds like something I would like. Yeah. Big booty black women. Then I get it, and I'll be like, who the fuck directed this? It's a bunch of ball shots. So you actually buy porn? Not anymore. This is how I started. This is how I started. I started back in the day before the internet. Sounds good, sir. When it was still 56K was fast. And, um, <laughs> like, so I was like, man, let me go to the porn shop, right? I'll go to the porn shop. This is in Fayetteville. And, um, talking food. Yeah, so I was like, and I started realizing, like, through my rental purchases, when I was wasting my money. And it made me pay attention. Like, you get a couple bands, you're like, I just spent $5 on this shit, and I'm a college student. I don't got five dollars to be fucking around with. Mm-hmm. So it's like this, lunch. So like when I saw a good one, I'd be like, okay, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, my man Jules Jordan does the best such and such. Every time I see his name on one, you know what I'm saying, as far as director, that I'm I'm gonna be about that. Like I had to learn what to follow. You can't follow just the chicks. Cause you know what I'm saying, like you're, you're, I, I think you're more of a kind of sewer. I'm a porn sewer, is what I like to porn say. Porn sewer. Um, ah. but like, uh, like DJ Yellow used to film his porn. It would have the chicks that I like. This nigga would, I think DJ Yellow is gay, man. He would literally film the dude's face and his balls, like 70 percent of the fucking scene. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Who want to watch that? What, who was the dude that's like, yo, man, I watched this porn, right? And, um. That nigga got a big ca- ass box. Like, Karma, Karma was looking good and everything, but I need to see more, um, Cuba's face. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really get that, man. And, like, what was his balls doing? How do I even know the dick is going in, man, if I don't see the balls? Like, who is this nigga, man? So. That's not sexy. I'm so that's how I learned. I'm really, I pretty much learned who not to see, and then eventually I was like, okay, this is what I like. So, um. But yeah, man, if you're more interested in the dudes, though, that that's kind of, that's something, that's something, something that that's, too. That's a dead giveaway right there. <laughs> like, how, how would he let that slip? Like, how would that slip? You talking to your woman like, girl, remember when we was watching that porn the other day? Damn, baby, look at that nigga dick. Big motherfucker. Damn, rewind that shit. <laughs> I just want to watch her give him head. (laughs) Maybe that's who's watching DJ Yellow porn. These gay dudes undercover, they be like, oh, can you get some more of them DJ Yellow tapes, baby, so we can watch them together? I need to see his face. This is my favorite uh, scene. Uh, (laughs) Number nine, travels frequently to big cities or Asia. I like how they just threw Asia in there, like, to big cities or the continent of Asia. Oh, what about Asia is gay, though? Um, the whole continent, I guess. Is there ever a really good excuse for a husband to visit Thailand or San Francisco oh, I know they going with without his wife? I know where they're going with this one. <laughs> this is a business I know where they trip. Going with this one. So, Ken, have I ever been to San Francisco or Thailand without you knowing? Yeah, I know. But how would you know? I would keep it on the low if I was gay. Uh, you better. But no, I ain't been. When you got the money for that? I'm gonna waste my money on that shit. Motherfucking fake ass woman. Like, you can't find a little Thai boy dressed as a woman in North Carolina. Come on. I can find me a transgender motherfucker on every street corner, man. (laughs) All we gotta do is watch RuPaul. Um, Too many friendly young male friends. Do you think I had too many friendly young male friends? 
So now some of your friends are friendly, but she was a little unsure about that one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put that as a yes. I, I, put down a yes I mean, I can't even think of young male friends, but I'm gonna say yes just because Karen wasn't sure. I'm sorry. No, it's all right if you think I'm gay, then I'm yeah, gay. I mean, no, I don't think you're gay. No, no, no. I mean, they no, have been mean it's to me. Just get through the survey. Too late. Too late. Through the survey, then we will conclude with our conclusion. Number eleven. Sassy, sarcastic, and ironic around his friends. That's a fucking yes. <laughs> you sassy, man? Yep. Yes, and yep. at the bar. That is 100% yes. That's no sassy. <laughs> How would I do this podcast when I want to sassy? I think when we get done, we should do the percentage of how gay you actually are. That's what I'm planning on doing. All right. Number 12, love of pop culture. When your husband becomes overly obsessed with romantic and feminine shows, (laughs) that is called for alarm. Gossip websites, Glee, and the Golden Girls are three well-documented icons of the gay movement that genuine heterosexual men avoid. Now, one, I do not watch Glee or the Golden Girls. No, but you do watch the Ops. But There's nothing on gossip websites. But I I go on Bossip to get information for the show. You need to take out. And number two... I watched the Bad Girls Club on the Ox. Mm-hmm. So I would have to say yesterday. I have watched I have watched that before too. I well, gonna, you're kind of gay too. Well, we're not doing the survey on here. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. This ain't about. I'm not trying to get right, you. I know, I know. This has to be my own decision to I come know, out of the closet. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> all my homophobic fans to this podcast gonna be mad as hell. <laughs> you know rappers are homophobic and shit Like man this nigga I just tune in to hear some motherfucking rap man This nigga in here talking about gayness <laughs> Talking about baby soft dicks and shit uh, Extroverted about his bare chest in public Does it seem like he's purposely standing right in the middle of a crowd To show off his chest and arm muscles Peppering people with questions about how strong he looks uh, Your chest hairy so that's definitely no I'm sorry. I shaved my chest today, though. So, but I definitely went buried in public. Nah, I hope not. These titties is all mine. And mine. Sudden heavy drinking. Hold on one second while I sip on the Sonia juice. (laughs) (laughs) Does your man disappear on drinking binges for long hours without answering questions? I mean, without answering his cell phones? Cell phone? Ooh, the Sonia juice is kicking in. Is there a strange odor about him when he returns? (laughs) <laughs> Some strange mix of cigarettes and gel. Oh, and probably not. semen. I, mean, I don't know about the semen, but uh, man, when you go to uh, Bailey's, hell, yeah, it smells like damn fried that, chicken grease all Dixie. the time. Dixies, I'm sorry. But um, so so you agree with this one? Sudden, I mean, you do answer your phone now. Sudden heavy drinking, disappear on drinking benches for long hours without answering his phone. And strange order when I return something like cigarettes in jail. I guess that's yes slash no, cause the reason I, say- I need a I need a firm answer if I'm gay or not. I can't have yes slash no. You can't have no more identity crisis. Yes, is it yes or no, Karen? <laughs> I we need to know. Yes to we need to know the yes? answer. Yes. Oh, oh, this is getting kind of gay now. Yeah, it's getting about half and half, man. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> what I have the final total total tally? No, no, no. No, 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 no. So that is one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four. So nine no's. And then I have one, two, three, four, five yeses. And then I have that asterisk for the loofah. Mm-hmm. So if you uh tally that up, you know what I'm saying? 
to see exactly how gay I am. And hopefully you guys are playing at home, you know, and you guys know how gay you are. Because um, only you can really decide for yourself. But I am five yeses out of 14. I'm going to count the asterisk as a half. Um, so I have to do this again. 5.5 5 out of 14.5. Ooh, I am 38% gay. Oh my, that is way higher than I thought it would be. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Karen, I guess you're in love with an almost bisexual. Almost. <laughs> almost. Not quite there yet. <clears throat> so, um, we watched a couple movies this week. Yes, we did. We watched Kevin Hart stand up. Seriously funny. Yes, that was very funny. It was, it was. Um, I liked it. Um, I don't know this classic epic level like Chappelle no, killing them softly or not, whatever. Nothing like that. But it was entertaining. It was good to see him get an hour of comedy. I've been watching him for a while. Yes. And uh, it was good to see his, you know, him him mature as a comedian. And uh, he had some good jokes. Yes, he did. Um, I really, what was your favorite joke out of all of them? He's talking about his little boy. He's talking about how his little boy cuts fits and. How's little boy takes his hands and like wave his hand going, yeah, he can't throw a tantrum. Yeah, I think my favorite joke was, of course, the uh, it's about to go down. Where uh, uh, he the went teacher, to the school, yeah, to he went to the school, out. cuts the teacher out. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, man, y'all check that out. And speaking of stand up, we also saw Paul Mooney. Uh, his stand up is called Know Your History, it's streaming on Netflix right now. Yes, um, but the, the, the whole title is something like Jesus is. Cleopatra was black and so was Jesus. Know your history. And it is one of the funniest stand-ups I've ever seen in my life. It's very funny. Uh, he is such a just intelligent individual. He really is. And his delivery is just so like matter of fact. It feels like he is talking to you. Yes. Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney. It feels like he is sitting in the room talking to you. But the shit coming out of his mouth just happens to be very fucking hilarious. Yes, and, and, and the thing about the way he shoots jokes, he talks about all kinds of stuff. We talking about race and religion and a lot of topics that when a lot of other comedians deliver them to you, they'll deliver them to you in a manner that will make you laugh. Yeah. But when he delivers them to you, he'll look at you with a straight face. Yeah, yeah, he'll just sit there and look at you like that. So, so if you don't really get the joke, you're like, okay, why this nigga staring at me? Man, he made he made a couple people walk out. Man. Yes, they actually walked like, out in the they room. They people get uncomfortable because he talks about race a lot. Really? And if you're yeah. just the kind of person that's like, Very I just want to go sit down and watch some comedy. Yeah, I want to watch that shit. Dude, dude when he walked out, he winked at him. He's like, still got it. <laughs> um, uh, dude, where, was this, where is it? Like, it was on TV? It's on, on Netflix, Netflix streaming. Okay. Like, if you have Netflix, you can stream it on your laptop yeah um but and he's probably on youtube too yeah. um, and he's an excellent writer i didn't realize just going through the thing just the comedians that he wrote for yeah, he wrote for richard Pryor, yeah. Dave the only thing holding paul mooney back really is probably well the fact that he actually has like morals and standards and compromise like he won't sell out but the other thing is that like people just don't like his delivery of jokes yeah. because it's about race and it's in your face. Like yes, he don't try to sugarcoat. Yeah. He don't try to cover anything up. And while we was watching it, it was almost a little bit of a documentary of his life because they were saying when he was working with Richard Pryor, they were saying that Richard Pryor gave him the authority to go out and find people. So when they went back, they were showing like um, all kinds of comedians that are great now that he just actually just went out and picked. Yeah. So that that shows you his talent and his level 
level of ability to pick talent because he's a very talented person. But I, I think for him, the only thing, like I said, is holding him back is that Richard Pryor told you a story, just the way he delivered it kind of brought you into his world. But the way he delivers, like I said, it's almost like yeah. a one-on-one conversation. And he's just like cracky upside the head. Either you get it or you don't. Right, yeah. And he'll just kind of fall to let the moment sit there uncomfortably. And it's hilarious to me. Yeah, so I, I'm like, like when he was talking about nigga, he's like, I love the word yes. nigga. They want me to say nigga, I say it every morning. Nigga, 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 nigga. It makes my teeth white. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, um, we got some articles. All right. And, and Rodney might have to leave, guys, but, you know, you just let me know where you got to go, man, because we got some articles to do. <clears throat> Woman gets third tattoo at 101. Ooh. Springfield, Florida. Of course, Florida. It took a while to get going, but 101-year-old Mimi Rosenthal now has her third tattoo, courtesy of a Florida tattoo artist. This is this one went on her left arm. The next time, she might get one on her butt. Who wants to see that? Say that again. She said in an interview in the St. Petersburg Times, the first tattoo came in 99. It was a dime-sized butterfly. At 100, she had a small flower tattooed on her other leg. This time, she picked a sunflower, perhaps in recognition of Kansas where she was born. Her skin is so fragile. It's like uncharted territory, said tattoo artist Michelle Gallo-Colas, who is responsible for all of Rosenthal's inkings. The work took longer than expected, but Rosenthal liked the results. It's pretty, she said. Or probably, it's pretty. She said in the interview. So will there be a next time? Next time I'm getting it on my butt. Rosenthal joked. <laughs> She'll probably wow. be dead. Like, there's no kind of health restrictions. Like, can somebody at 100, can they take a tattoo without getting like a heart attack or something? Or? She's still alive like I, that? I, yeah. I guess they can, but I, I think Man, the biggest of... thing is the elasticity of your skin. If I'm pronouncing that right, yeah. elasticity of your skin. Um, because people get them when they're young, but as you get older... Um, if you don't take care of them, you'll have discoloration, it stretches. Well, I, I, don't, stretch. I don't think she's worried about that. Yeah, I mean, because she's already old. <laughs> she's not like, oh, what is this going to look like when I'm 110? This was a mistake. I regret it. <laughs> man, I would have made her sign up some kind of waiver or some shit. Yeah, I, I like, I would think she it. might die in the chair from yeah. getting scarred as, you know, for fun. Ooh, no, sir. I don't want one. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I wonder if she's going to get a tramp stamp. <laughs> she might. The old people gets it in. She might have, man. You never know. <laughs> on the butt? Come on, what's that? Federal planning official newest defendant in Arlington Hot or HOT Lane's lawsuit. Arlington County has added a new name to its controversial civil rights law against Virginia's high occupancy toll lanes project. Oh, that's what hot stands for high occupancy toll lanes. Uh, project. That a federal government employee in charge of the highway planning and unusual. An unusual move critics say is designed to stall the $2 billion road widening. Attorneys from the Board of Supervisors this month added Edward S. Sundra, planning an environmental program manager for the Federal Highway Administration in Richmond, to its year-old federal lawsuit which accuses Virginia and federal transportation officials of failing to consider air pollution's potential impact on the health of low-income and minority residents clustered near the highways in areas such as Sherlington. So basically they're saying like, look, y'all about to widen these lanes, which is going to cause more traffic, which will cause more air pollution uh, among these lower-income home, lower income neighborhoods where you're, you're driving through. 
The construction of the four toll lanes from the Springfield Interchange to just past the Dunes Two Road, already Virginia's most ambitious, expensive highway project, would mean more vehicles on off-ramps and in residential neighborhoods, creating added congestion. In court documents, the court, the county says Sundra was integrally involved in executed final decisions for the HOT lane project while he worked as senior environmental specialist for the agency. Due to his pivotal role in the controversy of the case and his deliberate failure to consider the des disparate impacts on minority populations and his decision, Mr. Sundra is necessary is a necessary addition. Sundra 45 did not leave a message, blah, 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 when they called him. Civil rights section of the suit claims Virginia failed to properly balance the added convenience afforded to the white, mostly suburban drivers of Spotsylvania and Stafford counties who have who would have unimpeded access to the toll roads and the needs to the more racially and socially economic uh, diverse drivers who endure congestion in Arlington. Critics say Arlington is unfairly and personally targeting state officials. Former Virginia Tech, uh, Transportation Secretary Pierce R. Homer Dole is named in the suit <laughs> despite the request for the state's current transportation key, Shanti Connington, I don't know how you pronounce that, to transfer suit to his office. Um, it just seems incredibly mean-spirited, uh, <laughs> said Robert Chase. The advocacy, you know, he's some type of lawyer for an advocacy group that opposes the lawsuit. These people have families. They have to pay for their legal fees out of their own pocket. What's the point? So basically, they're just trying to, they're moving all this traffic to the niggas' neighborhoods. And niggas is like, word, son, that's how we doing it. And the white people is like, come on, dog, how you gonna just try to come at me like this? You know, I gotta get from work, you know? So. Yeah, and that's sad because the thing about it, nobody cares. Everybody wants the conveniences of wider roads and more this and more that. But nobody wants it in their own backyard because I know down here, they're talking about 95, like near Fedville and all that stuff. They're talking about doing toll roads down there in that area. And my thing about that is that up north, uh, they don't have a lot of the taxes that we do here. And so my thing is that we pay property taxes we on, on your vehicle. You pay all these taxes on your vehicles. And, and, these, and all, all of these taxes go towards the roads. I'm paying for the roads. So why are you going to charge me to ride the roads? And they right. were saying that a lot of businesses that are up and down the 95 corridor are complaining because they say once you put these toll roads, we're going to lose business because everybody's going to take the back roads because nobody's going to want to pay for these tolls. Yeah, it's funny too because like this is kind of what we talked about last week when I was like, uh, you know, you have a lot of conservative politicians that use like religion and then a lot of liberal politicians that use like race. This is another example of like, is race really that big a factor in what's going on in this situation? But maybe not, but it's a good way to draw attention to something that people really don't give a fuck about. I read that whole article. I really could give a fuck about their problems until they were like, well, you know, it's going to affect all the black people and the white people are going to have it good. It's like, what? No. That's wrong. And, you know? the, and the thing, and this is just my personal opinion, I think a lot of times a lot of projects are done because they know these people are not going to be organized, they're not going to rally, they're not going to fight, they're not going to protest. And so a lot of times that's why they put certain things in, in black and predominantly poor neighborhoods because I know here in Charlotte, on the other side of town, they had where well, they was having housing and low developments. Them folks had a fit and they fought them people to the man just said, screw it. 
Yeah. I'm not putting it here. What you mean housing and low development? Low, low development. You know how they have the house, the houses where they put the people from the um, like government. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Low, low income. Yeah. Right? And they were, they had picked the area and plotted out. Nobody had a problem with it until they started having meetings. They right. said, hey, we we're considering putting this here. They had a developer. The city had did yeah, everything. Uh, yeah, the city yeah. had did everything. Went through the, And then all of a sudden, we got all this protest. Yeah. The news and yeah, I mean, I mean because they, that is true. That And it's not necessarily race, though. But it's race, money. race comes up, and it's kind of, that's what's frustrating is that. It's really a money thing. People yes, in Valentine and Charlotte have money. Yes, they do. So, they, they're, gonna so fight they're gonna fight it. You know what I'm saying? And as opposed to people in lower income neighborhoods where they don't have the money and the time to sit around and organize no, they every don't. time something happens. But um but then like I said, the people who were for the low income property being built there immediately threw up the race card. Like they were immediately like, well, Y'all just don't want black people living there, which is kind of an assumption that all these poor people will be black, which may or may not be true. We'll see. But it's just kind of funny that it immediately goes to race for one side. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's I don't know. It's just, you can always tell somebody's full of shit when they just throw out, like, religion or race. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you might not have a point. Anyway, uh, I mean, it's like the, it's kind of like with the house, the mosque, they're trying to build near Ground Zero. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, why y'all even throwing these people whole religion into terrorism? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Because the whole the fuck religion. This dude, there's so many Muslims in America that are peaceful and don't have shit to do with these terrorists. And wouldn't bother anybody. And we're sitting up here trying to, and it's not just ground zero. They're start trying to stop mosques from being built in Florida, Maryland, Maine, California. Oh, they just like this it. is just fucking bigotry. And I'm sorry, wow. I don't have any, I don't have any sympathy for bigots. Period. Like, if you're not going to be fucking logical and reasonable about it, then don't expect me to be on your side. Because that's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it would be, how would I be able to exist as an American if I was blaming the actions of a few or the actions in the past of somebody for them forever? That would be like me hating white people forever because there used to be slavery. Or me hating every white dude in the South because the KKK used to be down here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, that's ridiculous. How do you even exist in the world from a day-to-day basis holding these kind of fucking grudges against people that didn't have shit to do with it. I'm convinced and half do half, nothing to you. I'm convinced half the reason we're in Iraq is because they Muslim and they kinda brown. Yeah. And that was enough for a lot of motherfuckers. I didn't want to believe that about Americans, but yes, it's fucking true. If if they would have been very, very, very light skinned for the most part, like we, even went over there. we might have we might have been like, why are we fucking with them? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they ain't bother us. <laughs> Anyway, man, sorry to get off on that. Um, final phase of federal law restricting credit card fees and interest rates begins. Woohoo! Yeah, before them bastards turn around and hike everybody interest rates up and hike their all the fees. I'm sorry before this went into effect. <laughs> Point I, at the mic. Yeah, I had to I had to get get that off my chest. Mm-hmm. Well, that is just too sassy for me. <laughs> Three snaps in a circle. <laughs> Uh, the final phase of the landmark federal legislation that placed new restrictions on credit card interest rate and fees takes effect Sunday. Though the bulk of the law's provisions were enacted earlier this year, there are still a few important changes you need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Limiting penalty fees. The law requires the Federal Reserve to write regulations outlining how much credit card companies can hit you with for things such as late payments, over-the-limit purchases, uh, or, or over-the-limit purchases. The new lo- rules ban them from charging fees that are larger than the infraction. 
For example, if you are late on a $20 payment, your penalty fee cannot be more than $20. Say that again. Or let's say you spend $5 more than your max. The charge for that cannot be more than $5. That's right. I mean, because some, some of the fees they were charging was ridiculous. Like, you might be over a few dollars. They want to pop you with a 35 45 and then you got your compounding interest on top of that. Yeah. They're killing people. Yeah, it's designed to keep you in debt. Yes, it is. Which is kind of fucked up. But, I mean... You you enter the agreement kind of knowing this. Yes, you do. But it is good. Like people are all, I'm anti-government. Yeah, man. Well, I'm anti getting fucked every time I sign something, or having no other choice when it comes to a lot of these matters, um, especially for minorities who are adversely affected by higher interest rates yes. and things of that nature. Like it's kind of cool to have the government step in and be like, look. You can't just fuck these people. You know yes. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and my thing about it is that they fuss and they protest and they fuss and they protest. They like little badass kids. You can let them rampage, but you let them rampage for so long, they're going to end up messing something up so yeah. bad that you're not going to have no choice but to restrain right. their actions. Mm-hmm. And so the federal government said, hey, 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 y'all can't charge, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> y'all can't charge these people. Sorry. Hey. Sorry, I'm just being a sassy. I'm just, <laughs> All know, these I'm 38% gay, sorry. All these fees and, and charging them over the limit and all this just ridiculous stuff. Um, banning certain fees. Issuers will no longer be able to charge you an inactivity fee for not using your card. They also can only charge you one fee per infraction. So if you make one late payment, they can only ding you once. Uh... So I guess some people wow. are dinging you twice. That's some bullshit. They, they yeah. must have been dinging you for every purchase, like every time something oh, hit. How you, how you, how you going to give me a credit card and then charge me for not using my credit yeah, card? Do. Yeah, they uh-huh, do. Isn't that some bullshit? Uh-huh, they like, do. So like, we noticed you haven't been needing this card. $75, please. I'll <laughs> yes. cancel that shit so damn quick. Yeah, that sure do. Well, what happens a lot of times is you've signed something, so by the time you yeah. pay the fee, it's like, well, fuck, I might as well hold on to the Nobody card. reads the fine print. Containing rate again. increases. If a credit card company raises your interest rate, it will have to tell you why. In addition, if your rate increases, the issuer must reevaluate it every six months. If you deserve it for to have it lower, the card company must comply within 45 days of the evaluation. Previously, if a credit card company hiked your rate, there were no obligations to look at it again. Damn. Yeah, and I've had that happen before where, like, they raised my rate for one reason or another. And it would stay that way. And then I would remember, like, damn, they raised my rate. Call them and be like, hey, man, fuck y'all raised my rate for? And then they would be like, oh, we'll lower it back. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened to the mother six months, asshole? Mm-hmm. Can I get some of my interest back, you bitch? Uh, protecting gift cards. The law also established new protections for stored gift cards, which can only be redeemed at one retailer and prepaid gift cards, which may be used at many locations. All gift cards sold starting Sunday must be good for at least five years. In fact, even if you have a gift card and it has an expiration date on it sooner than that, any unspent money left on the card must be honored for at least five years. You can request a replacement for any expired gift card for free. Consumers have long complained about the number of fees on certain gift cards. Under the new law, only one fee per month can be charged, and dormancy fees can only be accessed if you haven't used your card in a year. However, you will still have to pay to buy certain types of gift cards. The law also does not cover gift cards that come as part of a reward or promotional program and reloadable prepaid cards that act as replacements for checking accounts. Yeah, because what they would do, like if somebody gave you a gift card and I started, once I realized that I started reading the back of it and started spending my gift cards more quickly, 
what they do is like every 20 days, every 30 days, it's like written in fine print on the back of the car if you do not use this car. Even if you do, we're going to take away $5. Mm-hmm. We don't care if you use the car or not. Mm-hmm. So if you hold on to the car and you don't use it, for you go charge something. So you know, it has no mm-hmm. money out of it because they turn around taking all the money off yeah, the car. Why are you going to charge me for a gift card that was probably given to me as a gift for free? Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. purchase the card. Yeah, that's fucked up. I um, actually want to talk about this next article because Rodney's while Rodney's still here. No problem. Um, Therapy Cafe closes amid allegations of racism. This is in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an article by Chris Hodges of Creative Loafing. You can go to creativeloafing.com. It's a, they have different areas that they have local newspapers for. But, you know, if you listen to us, maybe they got one in your town. Um, after a few weeks of dealing with the allegations of racism, Therapy Cafe has closed. As Creative Loafing reported last week, the Uptown Restaurant Bar Flash Bar has been making headlines after Kirk Brown, CEO of Af- the African American owned promotion company Six Figure Entertainment, accused the establishment management of racial profiling for charging black patrons an additional 20% gratuity. Now, I know Six Figures Entertainment um, because we used to work with this dude that uh, promoted for them all the time. Um, but uh, anyway, former general manager Adam Rees. Uh, said under the pressure of the claim and the fall off in business, therapy had to shut its doors. Because our business was going so slow, they just weren't able to maintain um, daily expenses. Business dropped off so significantly, and in my eyes, it's the, a direct reflection of the email that was sent out, says Reeves. You know, Brown made that statement that therapy is racist, don't patronize them, and over half of the staff was African American. So now everyone is out of a job. What's better, having people not come to therapy because of whatever this guy has said, or to have to close down therapy down, or to have to throw, close therapy down, and none of us have jobs? Now, that is weird logic there. Mm-hmm. One, he never denied the shit. Yeah, he didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you didn't do this shit, right. come out and just be like, I ain't do this shit, this nigga is lying. Right. Well, maybe don't say nigga if you just do it in particular, yeah. but say he is lying. You know what I'm saying? So, one, I'm thinking they did the shit. Okay. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, how you gonna use the, well, what about the niggas that work here, excuse <laughs> We hired some niggas. You're going to get a lot of black people jobs. <laughs> <laughs> they all out there working in the field hard. What's wrong with you? How you going to shut down my plantation? Some of my slaves is hard workers. Now, what they going to do now? They not just going to be slaving all over the place for themselves. <laughs> but, yeah, that's ridiculous, dog. And I mean, the thing is, if you work in a restaurant, I don't know if you've ever worked in a restaurant, Rod, but oh, yeah. I have. They treat you like shit anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? Everybody that got fired, use this shit as an opportunity to do something with yourself, Go back man. to school. Yeah. Do something else, please. Do something, man. Go back to school. Get your GED. Get your degree. Go to community college. Do whatever you fucking can to get out of the kitchen and to get some respect for yourself. These motherfuckers don't respect you. Yeah. They, they know they don't respect you because they were being racist to black customers that look like you while paying your ass minimum wage. And here he is trying to use you as a fucking shield to hide behind like, yeah, we was racist, but what about the niggas we got to fire? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, <laughs> CL attempted, Creative Lofton attempted to contact therapy owner Jason Stone, but as a press time, he had not received a response. Of course. According to Reeves, things weren't great before therapy started doing business with Six Figure Entertainment. The cafe's daily number had dropped 30 to 40%, he said. After entering into a contract with the promoters, after the email circulated, oh wait, 
Okay, yeah, yeah, Before entering into a contract with the promoter. So they weren't doing good before the signing contract. Yes. After the email circulated, Reese claimed that mostly African, the mostly African-American crowd that hung out in therapy on Fridays and Saturdays just didn't show up. I had one large party of 50 people canceled because of that email. 50 people, that's a lot. That's a couple of thousand dollars right there. So... You never denied this shit, though. Right. This is, this is amazing, right? Yeah, we still talking about this dude. He ain't denied. Reed said he tried to meet the allegations head on, posting a message on the company website, addressing the email, and denying that therapy was racist. The post also implored people to come in and check out the restaurant for themselves. At the same time, the email from Six Figure Entertainment had gone viral and sparked conversation on social media sites like Facebook. Then the Charlotte-based news site QC City Metro reported on August 10th that another promoter was having problems with therapy and had filed a small claims lawsuit against the cafe because a party that went awry during the 2010 CIAA basketball tournament. Wow. For those who don't know, the CIAA basketball tournament is a collection of historically black colleges that come here. They have a basketball tournament in Charlotte. They frequent the businesses downtown. There's always running jokes here on our local sports radio station about, oh, these black people aren't going to tip. These black people aren't going to tip. And, you know, different people call in and they will say black people aren't tipping us. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to say it ain't true or whatever. Just throwing y'all the whole context out there, okay? So... During this, now we have other tournaments. We had the ACC tournament, yeah. but they're never gonna overcharge you. They're never gonna charge gratuities uh, that yeah. you didn't earn. You know and, what I'm saying? And then doing the CIAA tournament, what a lot of them were doing was actually charging cover charges at places that they normally typically did not charge cover charges right. to, just because. And in the ACC tournament, there was no cover charge. No. So it wasn't like, oh, there's a special event coming to town, mm-hmm. NASCAR, whatever. Let's charge a cover charge. They was like, it was you specifically gonna like, hey, you gonna come in this joint? Yeah. Yeah, it was specifically like black people are coming, cover charge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. According to the website promoter, Christopher Dennis denies. Uh, this Christopher Dennis alleges that the owner of therapy violated the term of a deal he had with them during the tournament in February. He has asked the court to to award him three thousand eight hundred dollars. He's claiming that we wouldn't allow him to turn the music up, but that was clearly stated in the contract that during the week. Being where we are, we're right underneath Bank of America. You couldn't turn the music up until after 5 p.m. He's claiming he couldn't make his money because the music wasn't loud enough, and that's clearly not the case. And, I mean, is that clearly not the case? Because if I walked into a party and the fucking music was low, <laughs> I would assume it was like just like a get-together type bar and then get the fuck out of there. I'm not changing the cover to hang out with niggas around music I can play in my house. Like, <laughs> Anyway, but, um, yeah, man, so what did y'all think about them charging a gratuity to just the black patrons of the restaurant. It's fucked up, man. Right? And yeah. it, here's what's weird. Here's a way around this. Just charge the shit to everybody. Yeah. Right? That like that would be my solution. Or, or yeah. just don't charge it at all. And, yeah. You know, if you get tipped, you get tipped. It's like anything. Yeah. yeah. Most restaurants do not charge it at all. I mean, not unless you got a big party. Right. Exactly. Like yeah, that was said. Like a lot of restaurants, and on top of that, depending on your brand, a chain of restaurants. You know, um, a lot, a lot of the nicer scale restaurants uh, charge you gratuity. And on top of that, if your party's so big, they only allow you to split or divide the checks. So if I'm like, oh hell no, here's the whole bill. Everybody's gonna pay for it. None of y'all. That, only, that happened to me once at, at Shima. It had to happen anywhere else, but. Um, and that time they were wrong because the next time I went there they did split it. Yes, they did. Um, so I don't know what that deal was, but um, anyway. But here's here's what's weird about it to me. 
why not just charge everybody gratuity? Just state it on the bill. Mm-hmm. There will be an 18% gratuity. Get mad if you want. I don't care how you feel because the fucking gratuity is on the bill. But don't do it shady. You know what I'm saying? Don't just charge some people and not others. Because yeah. that is fucking racist. That is. And especially when you... And you know when they did that, they didn't come to your table and tell you like, no. hey, we put an 18% gratuity on there, so don't worry about the tip. Yeah. They don't do that. They just slide the shit on there. And then you tip anyway thinking like, okay, let me take care of this. Or you look at your bill and go, why the fuck is my bill so high? Right, right. Like one way or the other, they are losing. How do they think this is helping them in any way of faith, shape, or form? Yeah. And then they like, you know, we didn't get the attendance we wanted. Of course not, motherfucker. You're overcharging people. Well, who, who comes to places to be overcharged? It's crazy, man, because I've never been to therapy before, man. I'm, I'm glad, you know what I'm saying, that I, I didn't. Because this dude clearly hadn't even denied, you know, <laughs> That was so funny. He still hadn't denied the allegation. <laughs> that is so funny. He's, he's saying, he's just saying, I'm not racist. What is his defense in court? Yeah, like, he, he, You know what I'm saying? I didn't charge this stuff. Like, the shit can only go to court if one party is like, look, man. I didn't do this, right? Right. So what is his defense in court? Just like, I ain't racist. Yeah. Yeah, man, so why would you charging everybody 20% more if they was black? Um, I ain't racist. Well, I ain't racist. <laughs> I ain't saying I ain't do it. I'm saying I ain't racist about it. Um, <laughs> as you may have read in the issue of Creative Loading, uh, Therapy Cafe recently ceased oper- operations. The close- closing occurred shortly after Kirk Brown, CEO of African American Home Promotion, Company Six Figure Entertainment sent an email reportedly to thousands of people alleging that therapy routinely added 20% gratuity to the bills of patients at an event popular with African Americans. In the email, Brown claimed that the group was ending his contract with therapy because the bar manager said, Black people don't tip. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's just funny because that's the opening talk show. <laughs> yeah. Are they sure they didn't, they didn't take our intro? <laughs> Niggas don't tip. Um, Brown, uh, Brown asked people to boycott the venue and Facebook lit up like a Christmas tree with people vo- maybe more like a Kwanzaa uh, candle ceremony uh, pe- with people voicing their frustration with therapy and upscale establishments in Queen City according to former general manager Adam Reed therapy which is also facing a lawsuit for an issue promoter for an issue with the promoter during the CIAA tournament buckled under the loss of clientele so they had enough black people coming and not coming to affect their bottom line, why the fuck are you being racist? Mm-hmm. Like when they said, "Listen, nigga, stop going," y'all went out of business. Maybe y'all should be fucking overcharging these gratuities. Maybe you know. Anyway, but I'm less interested in therapy's closing and more interested in how African Americans in Charlotte use the new media, especially social media, to take action against a business that allegedly mistreated black folks. Before you start the hate mail, I have been to a number of upscale establishments in Charlotte and have been treated poorly. Most recently, a woman at a door sneered at me on site to such an extent that my non-black friends even questioned what was going on. But that's another article. Um, what is great about this story is not that therapy closed, because at the end of the day, who cares about a cafe that possibly mistreated any of its customers? What does the matter? What does matter? What does matter is that black people in Charlotte came together to finally fight back. In my mind, working together to let people know that you matter that you will not be mistreated and that you are forced to be reckoned with is paramount. So this is like, you know, the Martin Luther King of tipping. This is like the, the sit down. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I should read this in Martin Luther King's voice. <laughs> I'm going to say that I, sense, I felt the sense of pride. I felt the sense of pride. <laughs> I am agreeing. When I read that people were standing up for themselves and rejoicing the concerns in that matter. And our and babies, babies, 
Get to play with all the babies. But part of me wonder, also wonder, why we don't do this when it comes to other issues. Why aren't the masses of black folks sent out emails to thousands of people from CMS get rid of hundreds of qualified teachers? Why aren't we on Facebook to this extent when the public libraries are closing? Why aren't we mobilizing, organizing through social media when the light rail's playing, playing calls for trains that bypass our neighborhoods? Wow. Even when it is en route to the high traffic establishments like the airport. Mm. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not talking about all black people. I'm talking about the collective group organizing to create change that will impact and improve the Charlotte community. Amen, brother! <laughs> While I'm sure that there were other factors that contributed to the closing of therapy, the fact that they lost so much business after the email went out, wow. the boycott went into effect and the people went slap off mm. on Facebook speaking volumes. Mm. Imagine what could happen if we use our abilities to mobilize for something other than going at the local restaurant. The ability to create this type of result challenges notions of a digital divide. There may be issues of access along racial lines, mm -hmm. but when those who have economic power have the access, access to the web, then it may not matter. Essentially what happened with therapy is that black folks, mm -hmm. or as racist people say, black folks, <laughs> voted with their dollars. Instead of spending them at therapy or some other allegedly discriminating establishment, we chose to put our money elsewhere. Yes, we did. That is what did the damage. We decide that we were not going to pay people to mistreat us. They may have narrow ideas about who black people are. Yes. We'll stay home and spend our money in the cities like D.C. Go, brother. Los Angeles. Go, brother. Atlanta. Yes. Miami. Mm -hmm. New York. Well. Where the nation of upperly mobile blacks is not foreign. Mobile. What African Americans must do as a community here in Charlotte is to make sure that we use technological and economic resources to make a difference for our entire community. Community. Mm -hmm. Not just the party goers. If we do that and continue to vote with our dollars, dollars, then we truly will be a force to be reckoned with. Reckoned with. Now I may not get to town tavern with you. I may not even. <laughs> but I have been to the corner of Seventh and Trade, and I have seen the establishments. Wow. I've been to Shima. Wow. I've been to Shima. And all I have to say is that food may come. Mm -hmm. Food will come. Yes, Bring it. Food will come. And you're sweating right now. <laughs> Woo! Woo! You need a church fan? Oh, I need that Martin Luther King fan for real. <laughs> <laughs> and at this time, um, we would like the choir to stand up and sing a song while we collect our food. Yes, um, go to the blackoutip.blogspot.com and pass around the plate and click on the donation buttons. Every little bit helps. Uh, we have the building fund yes. that we're trying to establish. Yes. Uh, if you want to hear another fire sermon, tune in next yes. week. I have a missionary that we, I'm going on hopefully later tonight. It's a position that I'm trying to get into, but hopefully that'll work out. We'll see. Uh, man saw a car and have to prove a point. Oh. A driver slowed down <laughs> to look at the remain of the 1998 Saturn that Raymond Reader saw to have just to prove a point. Oh. Reader said that he and his girlfriend lent her childhood friend money to buy the car. He had the car repossessed when she did not pay back the loan. 
Uh, Raymond Reader's house on Kemp Lane has a sign that says, Beware of Bulldogs. Why that's relevant to anything, I don't know. I don't know. Did he cut the bulldog too? What's going on? <laughs> a no trespassing sign. Maybe that's just letting you know what kind of motherfucker this is. No, country folks. I don't go to anybody's house that has no trespassing or beware of dogs. Yeah, Fuck you. No. That, that, that's a sign I need to stay on the other side of the fence. One of my best friends growing up had uh, a no beware of gun type sign on his house. Oh. I never went to that nigga house until his daddy invited me. Fuck that. Know, that's right. Beware of owner. Yes. Nigga might <laughs> just catch me, think I'm slipping. Yeah, Shoot first and then be like, oh damn, you here to see Damien. My bad. <laughs> Sorry, son. <laughs> Plus he had a Rick James curl. I was like, and he drove a four bet. I was like, man, this is a bunch of signs of niggas that get shot fucking with him. He considers himself a gearhead and a mountain man. A week ago, Rita 39 saw to have a 1998 Saturn station wagon. Just to prove a point, he said, this is what happens when you don't pay your bills. Rita said he and his girlfriend lent her childhood friend $2,000 to buy the Saturn and for a down payment for an apartment. Wow. We never heard nothing. After we saw them, we tried to be nice and said, you still owe us 2000 Just pay us a $10 a month thing. She started with bad language. I hate yeah, that. This is why. I don't know what color they are, but this is why. I don't care what color you are. I don't lend out money. I give it to you as a gift. No strings attached. But when we talk about borrowing, I will shoot you over money. Yeah. So nah. I say I just tell people no, and that that just kills that just <laughs> kills that problem. They be like, why no. not? I'm like, nigga, because I want us to stay friends. That's but we, right. But we friends. But we won't be if you don't pay me back. That's <laughs> right. This friendship will be over. Especially if you pull this shit where I ask you for my money and then don't you even get... ask you for my money. Ask about my money. And I'm going to do installment payments with you. And, and on top of that, now did they give her a car? They paid for her apartment, yeah. too. So I gave you a ride and somewhere to stay. And you get nasty with me when yeah. I ask for And it's funny how people do that. But you know what? You go to the bank with that. Guess what? They're going to take that shit and keep it moving. Why am I an exception to that rule? Yeah, you all nice in my face when you need the money. I ask for the money back. You curse me out. I will fuck you up. That is yeah, so that's ground for getting fucked up. I, I, I'd rather just say, here's a gift yeah. with no strings attached. It's not even my fault. I have to fuck you up. That's a man rule. It's not you uh, force my hand. I don't want to fuck you up, but it's, it's yeah, I got to. Um, Alright, man. So, uh, uh, Rodney's about to go, man. Appreciate it, dude. No Thank you. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep the podcast man. rolling. Uh, let me pause it real quick so we can escort him out. Cause he owes me Why some you money. Me, man? Nigga, I need my money. Hold on, hold oh, on. I will be right back. Oh, so that nigga is gone. Thank God. Oh, he stank. Ah, yes, Woo. he did. His breath stank and everything. I read for him to go. Oh man. Plus he owed me some money. I had to saw his car in half. <laughs> Speaking of sawing cars in half, right? So that afternoon. Oh wait. So that made him mad when the girl cursed him out. Last Friday, Rita had paid a repo man $50. I would have too. To go get the car. Before I left out the door, my girlfriend gave me the title. She said, Here you go, have fun. That afternoon, his buddies came over with four big monster trucks and smashed the Saturn. That's right, he owns it. This, Yeah, this is white people. Yeah. He owns it. What white people you know? No black person you know knows four people that got monster trucks. That not as true. Talking about the one with the real jumbo wheels. Yeah. Good gracious. One truck had a 42-inch Super Swampers, he said. They flipped the Saturn on this roof. A few passerby stopped. We're just country boys having fun, Rita told him. Then Brett Favre hopped back in the car. 
and went back to Minnesota. <laughs> they flipped the car back, cut the roof off, cut the doors off, then flipped it back over. My nephew had a ball cutting it in half, Rita said. We went through $40 in saw blades, but it was worth, it was better than going to jail. The car still lying upside down in his front yard, an American flag jabbed yeah, They were doing some saw, wasn't it? Yeah, an American flag jammed into its exhaust pipe. Ah, ah, that show you pay people. Pay people their money. Yeah. So I know a lot of y'all probably thinking, oh man, the podcast going to end early because Rodney left. No, the party continues. Yes, sir. We got some articles here. Yeah, we do. Beer at Chick Fest ruffles Pittsburgh residents' feathers. Okay. Pittsburgh, question mark. A beer garden at a longtime downtown community festival is forcing many in the East Texas town to pick a side, wet or dry. Of course, the town already has a dividing line, one with part of Pittsburgh allowing alcohol sales. Oh, with one part of Pittsburgh allowing alcohol sales. But when Slim's Bar and Grill got approval to add a beer garden to Chick Fest with a 3 to 2 vote by the city council, the feathers started to fly. <laughs> Some vendors have pulled out the vest, pulled out the festival in protest, and the local minister implored the school board to withdraw its support. I know there are two sides to every story, the Reverend Greg Miller said, but having a beer garden would put alcohol right in children's faces. Uh, damn, home with their parents, ain't it right in their face? Um, I don't know. Is that really right in their face? I mean, who cares? I mean, on top of that, kids don't pay that no attention. I mean, yeah. If you really want a kid to not drink, just give him a beer. A motherfucker will stop drinking. Kids hate that shit. Oh, that's terrible. That's how I stopped. The controversy started a uh, few uh, months ago when Glenda Lee started making plans for the final stop of the annual Tommy Lee Memorial Biker Run in honor of her husband. The money collected provides scholarships each year to two camp county students at Northeast Texas Community College. Aww. The biker run has been part of Chick Fest for going on six years, said director Linda Stringer and said, uh, on Thursday. Lee is a longtime Pittsburgh resident and owner of the Farmers Insurance in the town, as was her husband, Tommy Lee. It's a small-ass town, ain't it? Tommy was dedicated to our community and a huge contributor to the school district, including donating funds for the original high school marching band sign that was at the stadium. Every year, the last stop of the ride has been in a different city instead of Pittsburgh because there were no restaurants that sold alcohol downtown. However, this year, the city has seen several changes regarding the sale of alcohol, bringing a new dynamic to the town. Earlier this year, an ordinance was passed allowing restaurants in the city to sell alcohol, something that has never been done in the past. Slim's Bar and Grill was among a handful of restaurants to jump on board with the recent change. So it's more money for the restaurants. So these cats could never sell alcohol at restaurants. Uh huh. It's a lot of towns like that in North Carolina where they where they where they're now because the economy changed. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, are, city councils are doing the same thing. They're going going back and voting and allowing um, cities that are dry to actually sell alcohol because they want the money. Yeah, I guess when the economy goes bad, you gotta get the money how you can. Say that again, and and I know you know it's if you don't drink, that's fine, but. I don't see how you can say, I don't drink, ain't nobody drinking. Well, don't run like that. Yeah, morals go out the window when uh, then, the money goes down. And then on top of that, <laughs> all, all you're doing is pushing it across the border or across the state to another county. And when the bottom line is another dollar, they want the dollars to stay there. Yeah. Uh, they, would generally, they would generate exposure to the community and downtown merchants. 
We want the biker run to benefit Pittsburgh, Lee said. Clements agreed as long as there was a place for overflow because their restaurant doesn't have the capacity to hold more than 200 people. And that's when the beer, beer garden discussion started. The proposal prompted two city council meetings to discuss the change of city ordinance that prohibits the consumption of alcohol on the city streets. In the first meeting, it passed with a 3-to-1 vote. Second meeting, it passed with a 3-to-2 vote. So they got an extra member? Or somebody voted that didn't vote the first time? I guess so. City manager Jim Gibson said the second meeting was held because the city manager and the council member were not present at the first. Okay. Uh, the ordinance is just for Chick Fest, uh, Stringer said, according to Gibson. Other organizations or businesses can hold downtown events to serve alcohol if they have a license for outside consumption. Consumption. Billy Clement said that he thinks the changes are positive, and he looks forward to injecting life to downstairs, to downtown Pittsburgh. How about the downstairs <laughs> Pittsburgh? Ain't, you talking about, ain't Pittsburgh a big city for them to That's be That's what I don't dry? understand about this article. Is, I mean, for them to be Are dry? they talking about Pittsburgh, the motherfucking Pittsburgh I'm thinking of? I don't they, know. They must be talking about Pittsburgh, North Carolina. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> last time I checked, they be drinking in the Pittsburgh Stadium. Yeah, because so. it said earlier that it's an East Texas town. But every time I hear Pittsburgh, I keep thinking like Philadelphia. I mean, like PA. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Oh, something's wrong. Anyway, man, let the motherfuckers drink. A man gets 22 years in Arizona speed camera slain. Oh. A judge sentenced a man who shot and killed the operator of a speed camera van <gasps> on a Phoenix freeway to 22 years in prison on Friday after an emotional hearing during which the family members of both the victim and assailant wept as they both spoke of the consequences of the crime that made national headlines. Thomas Patrick DeStory, 69, received the sentence Friday as part... I'm not I'm gonna be damned unless sixty-nine year old man kill me. Uh received the sentence Friday as part of a plea deal. He had he must, he must have caught him off guard or something. He old had man to, Yeah, man. He had to come and just overpower him. Well maybe he had a gun. Let's see. He had faced the charge of first degree murder, but pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of second degree murder under the deal. He got credit for the four hundred and eighty seven days already served. Taking innocent life is never justified even for great causes and this one was over photo radar. Miracle Damn, just and take it, dog. Yeah, said Judge Michael Kemp, uh, just before sentencing the stories. I think Mr. DeStories was trying to make a political statement. Uh, the stories was convicted April 19, 2009, of fatal shooting of the 51-year-old Doug Giorgiani, uh, who was operating a speeding a speed enforcement van on Phoenix Freeway. And uh, these speed enforcement vans, basically, those like you you ever been on the road that says, "Hey, your speed is monitored by." Uh, camera or radar. Uh -huh. Basically, the only way they can actually monitor that is to send out a van that sits on the side of the road, hooks up to something, and and monitors the cameras. Okay. Like it's not all automated. Okay. Like people think that those things are always on. They're not always on. They're only on when the when the van's out there. And it's really just something that generates money for the city. A lot of the time. That's why a lot of people don't pay that stuff. Well, no, you 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 have to pay it, but if you can tell that it's a money generating thing because there's never any threat to your actual license. No, your insurance. It's just or your insurance. It's all just like pay this, give us our money. And it's it is a good revenue producing thing, even though it's ticky tack and it sucks and no one likes it. The cities use it all the time basically to raise revenue. Mm-hmm. So um basically he got flagged for speeding or something. I I have what's the difference between that and the cameras? 
It's the same thing. He's with cameras. Where no, cameras no. Are you the difference about? between, because I've seen the Vans in the road. The difference between that and the cameras at the lights. And the well, red light cameras are different. They actually have, like, they take a photo. Yes, they do. And you don't actually, like, there's nobody pushing a button on that photo. Oh, okay. It's automated. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, I see what you that's, that's different. My bad. I just wanted to know. I'm sorry. No, no problem. Uh, authorities never said uh, what they believe the motive for the killing was, but the stories in Georgiana had never met. Many concluded at the time that the killing was the most extreme backlash against the state speed enforcement program which began in September 2008 and ended July 16th after Governor Jan Brewer said the cameras were intrusive leading the State Department of Public Safety to end the program. And they should end it. I mean, and my thing is that he must have had a rough day. Oh, God. That dude just, he was like, if one more damn thing happened, I'm going to kill somebody. And he literally did it. That's why you don't mess with people. People ain't got good sense. The story says he didn't know anyone was manning the speed camera van when he fired at it. So he shot it. Oh, oh, he shot it. So he just randomly shot it to it. Now, you know he's fucking lying, but still, he shot at it. Uh, Georgiani's mother and father and siblings and wife spoke at court, all of them weeping and visibly shaking as they talked about the big green cookie crazed man who loved baseball, golf, and all above all his family. The worst nightmare a parent can have is to lose a child. To lose a child. Um, said his mom, grandma, said his mother. You know what's weird too is that I bet you that's a shit detail for a police officer. Like, nobody is sitting up there begging for the fucking cameraman. That's some rookie job stuff. Yeah, or just like, hey, man, give me a wooden gun. Go out there and, you know, <laughs> look at the camera. Uh, his father, who is now clinically depressed, spoke of how often, wow. how he talked to his son every day before he went out to man a speed camera van after his shift ended at 9 p.m. I was waiting for the usual call at 9 o'clock. It never came. Now the phone doesn't ring at 9. Oh, he was taking it. Man, I don't need that man's number. I'll call him at nine. Oh. Georgiana's wife of three years, Jean Georgiani, uh, was barely audible. She spoke of her husband, the deepest love I've ever known. He used to say that we're like an old pair of shoes. We just fit together. Each day ended with, I love you. The stories loudly wept at times as Georgiani's love, love, loved one spoke. Later, he stood and faced Georgiani's family and spoke directly to them. I would like to express my deepest sympathy, he said through tears. No words can convey such a loss or heal the terrible grief you are suffering. I never intended to harm anyone. Please forgive me. Um, that's just ridiculous, man. I don't understand when these people with guns, you know, shoot them, you know, at stuff. And then they're in fucking court like, I didn't mean for anybody to die. Well, that's fucking odd, because that's kind of the one, two, three punch for how to fucking kill somebody last time I checked. Yeah, I aimed a gun at some shit and shot, pulled the trigger. People died? <gasps> what the fuck? Yes, right. Oh my god, that's like a rapist being like, I just wanted to have some sex. I didn't realize I was gonna have to rape her. Speaking of raping people, no fat girls put nightclub in spotlight. Oh. Montreal, a new, uh, although a Montreal nightclub is distancing itself from the invitation on its Facebook page to specify no fat girls allowed. Eight exclamation points. Oh. People familiar with the local party scene say clubs regularly, if not so, overly dis overtly discriminate based on looks. Of course. That's every not club, new. Yeah, every club does that. Everybody knows clubs are selective, said Stefano Apostolakos of the S-Man Productions, a Montreal produ promotion company. 
A nightclub that wants to attract a certain kind of crowd will never openly turn people away based on weight, he said. But if people don't fit in with the club's look, a bouncer can still find some excuse to turn them away. That's right. Whether it's a long wait time, an expensive bottle service fee, or claiming the club is at capacity. Discrimination comes right comes with the right to refuse entrance. Entrance. Nightclubs can openly turn people away based on age or dress by setting age minimums or dress codes. Yeah, explained. they do. Some do over 30, over 40. Yeah, Some do. No Timberlands, yeah, no jeans. That's right. No black skin. Uh, no black skin? Mm-hmm. No fat is allowed. Uh, nightclubs can openly turn people away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, invitation, the invitation was posted last week on Facebook page on Musique. A post a posh nightclub in Saint Laurent Boulevard. Uh, the and included bands on Fat Girls, followed by the emoticon of a winking smiley face. Who the asshole moves? No Fat Girls wink. Guess Sorry, Fatty. If you're over 200 pounds, you're not allowed in our club. Wink, wink. <laughs> when I saw it, I freaked out. I was livid. The one plus side said one plus side woman who received the message as a member of Mozique's uh, Facebook club group. Speaking on condition that her name not be used, so even she was ashamed of her fatness. Wow. So I think she should come out and say it. The woman said her weight has never stopped her from going out, but she won't be visiting Mozique's Musique's if it discriminates against people who are overweight. The management of Musique said that the comment was an accident and they are thinking of posting an apology. So they haven't actually apologized. They thinking about it. It wasn't no fucking accident. <laughs> Y'all ain't getting no damn apology. Either. They leaving that shit up as long as they can. <laughs> like, do you think all of them ready yet? Leave it up. Leave it up. We're thinking about it. We didn't if even you go re- for seconds. Don't bring your ass in here. We didn't even realize the comment was there until a couple of days ago. It was too late to retract it because the event had already happened. Said John Jay, who oversees communication and marketing for Musique. Uh, Jay- who has access to this stuff for stuff just to be randomly posted? Yeah, how do you not know what's on your Facebook page Come on. as a business? Jay says it was his party planners who posted the event invitation, not himself or the owners. He added, so they just give the password to anybody or wow. anyone can post on that page? I guess so. He added that a friend, so if I just post on there like, no niggers tonight, please, they won't catch it for a week and they won't apologize about it. Well, the party already happened. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't any niggers there. Now, we were wondering what happened. Terrible way to run a business. Yeah. <laughs> Jay said it was party. <laughs> he added that a friend of the club's partner thought it would be funny to add the line to the event invitation as an inside joke. With who? Yeah. An inside joke with who? It was taken down as soon as we found out about oh, it. it was oh, not- that, that, that's cool. Me and all the fat girls got together and we just made an inside joke. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't invite it. What? Yeah, this, this is an inside joke to fatties. It was taken down as soon as we found out about it. It was not an intentional thing. It was actually an accident. It was someone thinking he was funny. We didn't think. We don't think it's funny at all. At the invitation went up, a handful of Facebook handful of Facebook users expressed their disapproval. One user copied and emailed the event list and the comments to the Gazette before they were taken off the internet. I found it immature and ridiculous, Jonelle Dufresne said, told the Gazette in an email. She posted a reaction to the invitation on Saturday. Another Facebook user wrote, is there going to be a weight scale at the entrance? What's the maximum weight to get in? Yes. Frankly, I thought I had seen everything until now. She said between bites of a donut. Shant Kojakian, 
who owns the Montreal Promotion Company, Look Cool, said weight is not much of an issue at nightclubs. Yeah, right. Race tends to be more of a factor when it comes to selecting people at the entrance. <laughs> he up Damn, the he went from one to the other. <laughs> and don't be black and fat. That's double negative. Adding, he's never seen a bouncer tell a potential customer he or she was too fat to get in. Of course, nightclubs want to attract a certain kind of clientele, people who are well-dressed and will spend money inside. Uh, they will never tell you you can't come back because of your looks. But at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to, usually. It's the sad truth. If I had a nightclub, I would rather have fat people, because they're going to spend money. Yes, they're going to drink, and ass is going to eat. Yes, dumbass. Oh, let's keep the people that we know spend money, because yeah. we want to we be so we, cool we, that nobody we, comes here. We ain't got nothing against you skinny folks, but we know y'all asses eat carrots all day. We want some folks to go <laughs> spend some food. Yeah, like I'm selling wings, and none of these skinny motherfuckers are buying. No, they all vegans. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of fat people, co- chocolate covered crispy bacon burger, otherwise known as the Brooklyn Night. Ah! Okay, what do you do when hunger is uh, on overload and you are so famished you can't figure out which teasingly tempting taste treat you should stick in your mouth first in order to successfully satiate your craver for flavor as well as your stomach, which is now dangerously below empty? You definitely gotta gotta have a bacon, and at this point the burger sounds good, but your sweet tooth for chocolate is screaming out in the need to be satisfied. So what do you do first? The good people over at Epic Noms came up with a solution that sounds the most reasonable and definitely enjoyable to boot. It's called the Brooklyn Night. As the chefs that put their culinary creativity together to come up with this burger are located in... Well, well you probably already well ahead of me on this one. I'm guessing that you're already assumed the city of Brooklyn, New York. That is correct. Uh, here's what they have to say for themselves about this appetizing adventure and precisely how this deliciously, deliciously delectable delight can find its way to a mouth near you soon. Step one, bacon dipped in chocolate rain. Yeah. That don't sound scrumptious. Last time I checked, chocolate rain is not the chocolate rain that they talking about. What is chocolate rain? A song? Yeah, you know, chocolate, you know. <laughs> I'm not the same chocolate rain. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can cook the bacon like you would any other dish according to your preferences. We went for a crispier texture that would really give the chocolate something to hold on to. After letting the bacon dry off a bit, we began dipping the strips in the chocolate that was melted into a makeshift double broiler. Boiler. Two shallow pots stacked on top of each other. The key is to fully submerge the bacon into the chocolatey goodness so that it really seeps into the ridges. Once you've got all the bacon smothered, sell it on a plate in the freezer for about 20 minutes to let the chocolate solidify. Yeah, because when girls shit, don't they make it rain? Yeah, yeah, but not chocolate. You make it rain money. Okay. I don't know what kind of chocolate rain you're talking about. It sounds like some defecation. That's what I'm thinking because that, that don't sound scrumptious to me. Uh, prepping the patties with one pound of vegetarian fed ground beef. Why even? Why even? Uh, this got 100% ground beef. Yeah. Come on. Can I just get some fucking uh, mad cow beef, please? <laughs> what is it? The bun wheat now? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's in a wheat wrap. You didn't know? Anyway, go eat this shit. Six reasons to have casual sex. You want to talk about that real quick? We can. Alright, this might be the last thing. Casual sex is often presented as a damage as damaging, but it could be a good path to discover important things about your sexuality. Casual sex and one night stands are almost always framed as damaging to women, particularly young women. In recent years, writers like Laura Sessions Step and Wendy Shalit 
have issued dire warnings about the alleged dangers of sex outside of committed relationships. Let's call this rhetoric what it is. A tired repeat of the sexist double standards that have haunted women for centuries. The, sub the subtitle of Shalit's second book, It's Not Bad to Be Good, clearly articulates the regressive notion that chastity and sexual restraint renders one quote-unquote good. The idea that a woman, women are so fragile that a bad one-night stand leaves them scarred or in turmoil, as loyal session step puts it, destru is destructive. So, the so is the common belief that men are incapable of feeling empty or sad after similar encounters. Session's uh, step uh, absurdly claims that when it comes down to being in turmoil, boys are not. With consensual no strings attached sex so regularly under fire, the positive aspects of hookups rarely come to light. Here are six ways that having safe sex outside of monogamous relationship might actually be good for you. Use that though. So you don't, you already done agree with this, are you? Mm -mm. Alright. Asserting your desires can create a tremendous sense of power. The word empowerment is so fraught to be nearly useless. But for girls who are constantly bombarded with the messages that they need to commit before enjoying sex, there's real strength in freeing their sex drive from the conservative norms. Some women don't need a deep spiritual connection in order to enjoy carnal pursuits, and some men do. The old stereotypes aren't useful in navigating your own needs, and breaking anachronistic expectations through experience could lead you to a better understanding of your own sexuality. Sex educator Heath Heather Carina's ongoing massive survey of sexual experience and attitudes, 8,553 responders so far, 4,990 women, 81% of casual sex participants, show many women have sex outside of relationships for that very reason. 80% of her respondents choose to find out more about my sexuality as a motivation for having casual sex. Uh, similarly, 80% cited their desire to feel free and uninhibited, which leads to the next point. You don't, you don't like the first point? Gives you empowerment to have sex with strange men? I don't want to have sex with strange men. Alright, alright buddy, calm down. I'm not trying to convince you. I don't like DPs. When most... <laughs> it might help you transcend your inhibitions. When most of us embark on a new relationship, we're inundated, inundated with anxieties. We usually have, want to please the other person and we want to think well of us. want them to think well of us because we think highly of them and we want them to make the connection last. Above all, we definitely don't want to weird them out with our strange fantasies and turn-offs. We say that type of honesty for much later. We feel safer. Many couples never share at all. Lack of disclosure is the norm for married couples in a variety of ways. Whether the issue is finances or hopes and dreams. In 2001 poll, only 52% of male respondents and 62% of female respondents told their spouses about their sexual history. There's less at stake emotionally. Now that's kind of funny because that implies that there's a value in that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like for one, for, to one extent, it's like you know what? It's cool to share somebody's sexual history, but I think it's more and it, it's, it shows more acceptance to not care and to not really need to know. I'm not saying like I don't want to know because I know you was a hoe and I. Uh, I'm talking about just being like I don't really give a fuck. I love you for who you are. I love you for now and the future. This is not about me being like, how many men? What? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's true. And, and also, and, and also, maybe it's just my perspective. Um, if this is gonna be somebody that you're gonna, I mean, if you're just having a one night stand, who cares? But right. if you're in some form of a committed relationship or something like that, uh, what I realized in the past is that people from your past do come back sometimes, and you don't want this person to be a surprise or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not saying 
um, well, see, you can also you can tell them when, if that happens. But oh, that's true too. Uh, it's just it's ridiculous to be like. Uh, sit down and I like I slept with 12 people here are their names here's how yeah, we had yeah, okay. sex here's yeah, like that's the insecurity in itself yes it is why would you need to know that like that's very fucking insecure of you that like listen I believe you're happy I believe you're with me because you say you want to be with me that's true I'm not gonna sit up here and measure myself to the dicks ghost of dicks past you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And, and, and let that true. stalk my memory. Yeah, because especially if you're in a committed relationship, you need some form of, uh, how can I put it? Some form of letting go of the past. Yeah, now I'm, I'm not saying I necessarily agree or disagree with this article, but it's a different take and I think we should discuss it. That's you know? true. Um, there's less stake emotionally with a casual partner. There's very, there, that is, this is the very target at which critics aim their arrows. How can women enjoy sex without an emotional connection? But this lack of investment can be freeing. It's the same relative anonymity that causes people to blurt out their deepest secrets to their hairdresser or taxi driver. When we're with someone who isn't a fixture in our daily life, our egos relax enough to let a little authenticity come through. Rather than worrying about impressing the other person, you can be more assertive about what satisfies them in bed and in, and in doing so. Number three. Okay. So basically you're saying like you can basically be yourself if you're with somebody you don't know more so than if with somebody you do know. Because you're, you're not holding back. And to some extent they're right, but they're not addressing the other insecurities on the other side of this, yeah. which is why are you holding back with somebody you do know? That's true too. Like I know you want to impress them, but why do you think... The best way to impress them is to not be yourself. I, you know what? And and I agree with them saying it's a double standard because it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, because me and you have talked about this. It's amazing how dudes, you know, that, that they claim they want the good girl. They claim they want, you know, the, the girl that, you know, walks the fine line and treats them like their mother and this, this, that, and the other. But yet they'll have a girl who she don't might not fit those characteristics, but she might be funny. Right. She might, you know, she might do all these things in bed, but yet you get the snob who you really don't want and y'all really not comparable instead of the girl who will actually literally make you happy. Well, see, it's funny because both sides are being fake. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, like in that case, you find a dude that picked a girl because to fit these fake attributes that he pretends that he wants, but he doesn't really want that no, shit. No, he doesn't. So, both people are being fake. And then you have girls that may or may not be with a genuine guy who are putting up a fake front because they're like, I don't know what he really likes. Let me pretend to be whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to hold back my own sexual desires, my own sexual uh, impulses to please him. Yeah, and, and, and when it comes to sexuality, a lot of people are fake. Um, when it when it comes to the whole thing, because like you have girls that kiss girls at the bar, they do all this and get yeah. drunk, and then when they get to do, they they stop that whole process altogether. Yeah, yeah, it's like a courting ritual or something. We're just trying to almost trap the dude into like, yeah, oh, she's a freak. Being no, she's yourself, not. if if that's not your thing, that's just not your thing. Number three, you'll learn more about your sexuality. The account there through encountering new techniques and tastes, through step subduing the urge to self censor, you'll start to recognize that. What brings you the greatest amount of pleasure as well as what completely turns you off. In a perfect world, this type of exploration can take place with someone you're in love with. But many men and women who have had the sad experience of falling in love with someone who refuses to indulge in playful sex or those whose preferences are entirely at odds with their partners. The heart and the libido are by no means guaranteed to be compatible. The New York Times recently reported 15% of marriages were sexless. Meaning the couples had not had sex in six months to a year. Damn, why y'all still married? Yeah, seriously. Casual sex bypasses 
this by concerning itself primarily with the libido, which is tragically regarded as a source of shame and fear, but yet yield can be yielded as a profile and relatively can yield its own profound and revelatory moments. Here's what's weird about this statement. She they're saying in this article that you can be free with somebody you don't know. At the same time, they're saying you can't be free with somebody. Like, this says more about the person who wrote this article than anything else. That's true. Same way those books that those women wrote probably say more about them than anybody else. But it's kind of odd how they're on the opposite end of the spectrum as the person who wrote that article. Where they're like, no, you can actually do all kinds of shit, you know, with people you don't know. Well, I wonder if that's really the truth for a lot of women. You know, and, you know? and maybe it's just me. No, it's not because it, you know if you're having sex with somebody that you don't know, you don't know anything about their history, their past, their partners, where they've been, you know anything about them. Um, and let's tell the truth: most people that have sex don't have, uh, don't use any form of contraceptives or anything like that. If you really want to be little, that's why we got these kids. So you. you to me, once you have a partner and you become familiar with them, they'll know what turns you on, what turns you off, you know, and things like that versus you just kind of going through the Yeah, motions. it's also weird because there's no credence to learning or overcoming your own boundaries or That's overcoming true. your own sensitivities. Like, it's basically saying that if you're in a relationship and you start off where it's like, hey, I don't like sex this way, you don't like sex that way. It's just gonna stay like that. No, people. You know what I'm saying? You're never gonna talk about it. You're never gonna try to change. You're never. You're just gonna. In this scenario, relationships are bad. Casual sex is good. Period. Kinda. You know. Yeah, it feels that's, like that's how they're painting. It. Yeah, and that's how, that's how they're promoting it. And truth be told, most people want to be in a committed relationship. Period. You know. There's yeah. Very I, few now, people. Now, I that, for one, am. You know, I say most people should not get married. That is my belief. Most of y'all are not going to do it right, and y'all going to fuck each other up, and you're not going to be happy. But it is weird that someone would be like, even though this might be the ideal, it's kind of bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then on top of that, you're not... It's almost like they wrote the article not taking in consideration the hundreds of different scenarios of and all the emotions that people have and the, the yeah, we're having casual sex, no, we're serious. You just never know when you're talking about and, Yeah, like and this. it does discount that there are a lot of women that do have these issues, and this article isn't going to change that. Just telling no. somebody, like, you won't be hurt by a casual sexual encounter that doesn't go right. Why? Because the article said I won't be hurt? That's right. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people are hurt. And just like when she was like, well, some men are hurt when they say they aren't. You know, when they say most men aren't. Right. Well, same thing with women. Like, That's right. Are you only specifically talking to this subset of women that are already doing this and you're just trying to make them feel better by reading this article and saying True. somebody else out there is like you and understands what you're doing? Or are you trying to convince women that aren't built for this shit to do this? Like, the worst thing you can do is not be true to yourself. If you're not built... For this stuff, if you're not built to go out and have promiscuous sex, if you're not built to not have emotional attachment, don't go out there and try to imitate these other people because that will never be you. No, and you just end up having a whole lot of unnecessary heartache and pain. The first thing you need to do is be true to yourself. You can be true to yourself. Maybe this is you. Maybe the shit I'm reading is really is hitting some people in the court where they're like, yes, that's why I like doing that. That's why I want to do it. I should try that. But I find a lot of a lot more women are trying to convince themselves to be like men yes, they sexually are. that then then are actually like that, you know? Yeah, because I I think for uh, and on top of that, where where they're not 
really talking about is that sometimes some of these actions and behavior comes from a hurt and a painful place, right. and that's something they're not discussing either. Yeah, so let's wrap this up. You might learn more about yourself emotionally. Uh, the fear and propaganda around one night stands isn't just sexist, it's illogical. Bad long-term relationships about miscommunication, unmet expectations, and lies are just as likely to damage participants as a sexual disappointment at a short-term scale. I agree with that. Bad relationships are just as fucked up as bad one-night stands. I agree. Probably even more so. Um, but, you know, still, you need to know yourself. Uh, you might be a better partner in a committed sexual relationship. Results are... Karina's results on reasons for engaging in committed sex, almost 90% cited motivation due to feelings of obligations, uh, and 86% to earn something from my partner. Surely this can't be the utopian sexual experience we're supposed to hold out for. Should a monogamous commitment appeal to you, your knowledge about yourself and sexuality in general will be invaluable to, to bring to the table. So they're saying if you have a lot of one night stands and casual sex, then you'll know yourself better, so then when you're in a relationship, you'll be a better sexual partner. It depends on the person, because... Yeah, obviously, this all really just depends on the person. It's kind of, you know, we talk about this shit very general and, like, it's a rule, but, yeah, obviously, it just depends on the person. Um, and especially, like, when you're talking about, well, having a lot of casual sex might lead you to do this, that, and others. Like, well, you also might end a relationship where... This person's constantly judging you for your past sexually. Yeah, and, that's true too. Now. You know, you, some dudes aren't. You know, it just depends. It just depends. Uh, and you'll learn more about sex is the sixth reason, uh, which kind of pisses me off because it totally discredits how much you can learn about sex from being with one person when you actually feel free and open enough to try things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like I don't know you. We ain't getting to get down like yeah, that. Yeah, it's kind of like earlier when we were talking about you know the, the gay test. And, you know, it's like, well, people use sex toys, and they do this, and they watch porn. It's like, yeah, you probably, that's probably not your opener. You know what I'm saying? That's probably not the move you start with. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't make the people gay or whatever. Because if you do, run, girl, run. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure the first date isn't some dude being like, so can you put this butt plug in me? Hey, you know what I'm saying? Hey, girl, <laughs> come on up here. Like, I'm sure that that takes a while to get over that. But, um, anyway, man, this has been a... Another episode of the Black Guy Tips Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you, Rodney, for coming through. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Rodney Miss Prime. I'm Say Dad again. Dad as in D-A-T. And you can call the show 704-557-0186. Leave us a voicemail. Don't forget to donate. Go to the blog, uh, the blackguytils.blogspot.com. Look on the right-hand side. Or go to our Podomatic page and just click on look on the right-hand side. There's a donate button. We use PayPal, so you can use a credit card. You can write a check. Anything you guys can do would really help. Um, and don't forget uh, to join our Facebook group. Yes. So, until next time, love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah. Mwah. Linden Boulevard represent, represent Zetron Core Quest represent, represent When the mic is in my hand, I'm never hesitant My favorite jam back in the day was Eric B for president Rude boy composer, step to me, you're over Brothers wanna flex, you're not mad cobra MC short and black, there ain't no other, other. Trini born bad like me, your long's grandmother Tip and shot, they all that, pipe your ditto, honey t-
tell you, man, a joke, or else you'll be a widow. Did not you know that my style's a top dollar? The five foot assassin, I can please off his collar. Hip hop dollar, since me and the hot you were duck. The hide of Muggsy Bowes, complexion of a hockey puck. You better ask somebody on how we flip the script. Come to a tribe show and watch the three kids rip, rip. Queezers in the house, represent, represent, represent. A tribe called Quest, represent, represent, represent. No team in the style, cause it gets a red print. A tribe called Quest, represent, represent, represent. Uh huh, here we go. You know that I'm the rebel, throwing out the wicked like God did the devil. Funky like your grandpa's drawers. Don't test me, we in like that. You're dead like Presley. Presley. When we coming through, get tickets to see me. We work for the paper, so they'll never be a beanie. Lyrics are abundant, cause we got it by the mass. Mass. Egos are idle, cause the music is the jazz. Jazz villa on the pitch. 